0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Stock Break. I'm Josh Gilbert, a market analyst here at eToro. Today, we're going to be analyzing Xero, a leading ASX-listed technology company that offers cloud-based accounting software. Before we get started, if there's anything you ever want covered across these stocks, please let us know. Uh, And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, give us a rating, and send this to your friends. But as I say, if there is a stock you want to see, please let us know. If you're listening to this in podcast format and would like to watch along with the beautiful presentation I have created, there is a link in the bio and you can head over to YouTube to watch as well. Uh, And a quick reminder that this presentation is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, personal recommendation, or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. So on to zero shares have risen by 44% this year in what has been an all-round good year for the tech sector. However, shares are still a fair distance from their all-time highs. So today we're going to take you through their story, their fundamentals, and their potential valuation, and ultimately what's ahead for Zero moving forward. So the company was founded in 2006 by Rod Drury and Hamish Edwards in Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, and since then, the business has continued to move from strength to strength. As I mentioned at the start, Zero is a SaaS company which offers cloud-based accounting software. Something that I think is really important to mention is that the business has gained a lot of attention from names in the tech space that are very renowned. Um, so the likes of Peter Thiel, for example who was the PayPal and Palantir founder, invested very early on into Zero, So $3 million in 2013 to support expansion into the US. Uh, and then in 2018, Zero transitioned to a sole listing on the ASX. Uh, so f- February 2018. So at that time, uh, they, they had dual listed. So they're dual listed on the New Zealand Stock Exchange and the ASX, but instead they now just list on the ASX. And yeah, they just delisted from uh, the New, New Zealand Stock Exchange in February. Uh, in 2023, uh, so earlier this year, they cut 17% of staff, as we've seen across much of the tech space in 2023. That lowered their cost ratio to 45% um, by 2026 and has helped boost profitability in the short term and should help long term as well. And another really important note to mention about Zero is their average monthly churn is very low at 0.9%. And the average, average revenue per user improved to 10% in fiscal year, 2023. So what's the company's mission and what is their vision? Well, Xero started by wanting to help small businesses. It connects small business owners with their numbers, their bank and their advisors at any time. And this has helped them really become one of the fastest growing SaaS companies globally and has really sort of put them on the map. And what's really important about Xero is that as the world continues to transition to cloud technology, Xero is making it easier for businesses to do so with its simple software. So, again, I think it's really important to note here that they're targeting small businesses. So a lot of these bigger accounting companies that we see, um, you know, EY, those big names, they tend to focus on, again, working with bigger companies. Xero is really looking at those small businesses, which there are millions of in the world, and they're doing so right now pretty successfully. So onto its business timeline, a little look back to sort of the history of the business. It was founded in 2006, um, as I mentioned earlier on in New Zealand, but it didn't list on the ASX until 2012. Uh, and obviously since that time has continued to move from strength to strength. In 2014, the business continued to attract a lot of attention. Uh, As I mentioned, even after Peter Thiel's investment, analysts dubbed the business the apple of accounting. That's pretty huge praise uh, for the business at that time. But again, uh, those analysts were, were pretty correct. The business has gone from strength to strength in that time. Then in 2017, Zero reached a huge milestone. It hit over a million users globally. Um, and again, that was a, a sort of real turning point that I see for, for the business. 2020, again, a key time for a lot of tech businesses uh, when the world pretty much transitioned to everything online. Of course, it was the year of the pandemic. Um, essentially anything cloud and tech became more important than ever. And this led the business to its first ever profitable year. And then in 2022, we saw a key transition for the business with Sukinda Singh Cassidy, assuming the role as CEO, she succeeded Steve Vamos, who spent five years as CEO, um, Sukhinda herself has spent many years working in tech for companies such as Amazon and Google. So it was a strong fit for Zero. So now we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the fundamentals of the business and really look at how does Zero make its money? Well, the bulk of the revenue at the moment comes from Australia. We've got 56% coming from Australia, and the rest of that is from international markets such as the UK and North America. And those two areas are going to be key for Zero, and we'll sort of get into that as we get through uh, today's episode, uh, international Expansion is where zero is currently seeing the fastest growth. They saw 30% revenue growth internationally within the last year. And that is ex- expected to continue into the next fiscal year. So as we look ahead uh, over the next sort of six to 12 months, again, looking around about 30% growth internationally, and that is expected to help lift overall revenues by about 22% um, in the fiscal year of twenty-four. So following on then from where does zero make its money? Well, a key number to look at is its total subscribers. I mentioned in its history there about hitting a million subscribers for the first time. But subscribers are really the catalyst for growth uh, moving forward. And it has been the catalyst for growth in recent years as well. And that is because this number has exploded from 2016 to 2023 subscribers have grown by more than 3 million um and that is huge so some really strong growth in recent years and just shows the trajectory that zero has been on in recent results total lifetime value grew by 23% to 13.4 billion and what's really important about subscribers is its recurring revenue and that's you know really key four um four zero and that total lifetime value is again really important as well continuing to grow the value of those subscribers moving forward um Global subscribers ticked up to 3.74 million, a 14% increase in 2023. And that sort of underscores, I believe, the trust that customers place in Zero to help manage their businesses. Um, and a quick look ahead to moving forward 2024, 2025, the expectation is for growth to continue with over a million subscribers expected to be added by 2025. So Zero at this moment in time aren't slowing down. So a quick look now to some competition and challenges for Xero moving forward. So the accounting software space is a competitive landscape. We've got some big names in there that include the likes of Oracle, Intuit and Sage in the UK. And I think what's really important to mention here is that the challenge for Xero when we talk about those companies such as oracle they are tech powerhouses they have plenty of cash to continue developing their products and services zero um added just two hundred and fifty-two thousand customers in north america between 2019 and 23 which is a fraction of the larger rival quickbooks um, which is owned by intuit so again it's going to be a really difficult you know sort of Time for them to try and grow even more, uh, moving into North America. But again, there is clearly demand there from small businesses. But it's not going to be e- uh, it's not going to be easy. Um, indirectly, in terms of competition and the landscape of accounting, we obviously have big tech. You have Microsoft that is already in the accounting business. Um, but I think it's for me. I think that's a tip of a hat to um, you know really big tech because they have colossal balance sheets and they can deliver new technologies as and when they want. But it shows that there is clearly, uh, you know, value in what Zero is doing. And finally, it's important to mention pricing. Pricing in the accounting business is, is sort of really key. You know, companies want to save money. They don't want to be spending, you know, thousands of dollars on accounting. So they're going to look for the best deal. Um, and I think ensuring that you are well priced is going to be really, really important. And, a key to sort of put that into perspective is, you know, what we don't want to see for zero is pricing wars. You know, at the start of 2023, we saw a pricing war sort of take place in the automotive industry. Tesla, for example, slash margins, uh, sorry, slash prices and margins were affected. Then we saw profitability fall. And that is something that could affect zero from a competitor standpoint moving forward. Uh, So a quick look at some operating metrics now um, and just a quick look at sort of operating expenses, revenue, net income. And I think one of the key points to sort of point out here is that operating expenses are high um, and that has had an impact on profitability, but zero is still in its growth phase. The business continues to sort of move from strength to strength. uh, That growth moving into international markets uh, obviously comes at a cost, but Uh, CEO, Sikinda Singh Cassidy has promised efficiency to drive profitability. Um, we saw from those subscriber numbers earlier that zero zero is in that sort of real growth phase and it's going to continue. And that means that we're probably going to see expenses stay high as the business grows, but cost cutting such as that headcount reduction that I mentioned earlier is helping in driving profitability in the years ahead. Uh, And again, if they keep that efficiency up, as we've seen across much of big tech, um, we should see profitability continue to rise. Uh, But importantly, the early signs are showing profitability has returned in the second half of 2023. uh, So they are moving in the right direction. Then again, a quick look now to the breakdown of Zero's revenue. Uh, we sort of mentioned earlier that the bulk of the revenue does come from Australia, with 56% coming from the region. But growth overseas is going to be really important to that continued growth. There is going to be challenges, as we mentioned, given the competition uh, and that competitive landscape. Uh, you know, even in the UK, you have uh, Sage, which is a huge name there. And then, obviously, in the US, we obviously have those tech powerhouses. But so far, Zero seems to be doing a good job at growing in other regions, and they're getting support, as I say, from the likes of of Peter Thiel as well. Um, let me know in the comments if you think Zero has what it takes to um, continue its international expansion, and if there are any key areas that sort of you're looking at uh, for growth uh, for Zero moving moving forward. The next part I want to sort of look at and to sort of really focus on is sort of Zero's debt positioning. And this is always really important to mention for a growth company uh, like Zero. Their debt to equity ratio is at one. Generally speaking, a debt to equity ratio around one is often seen as pretty relatively safe, especially as Zero continues its expansion. Uh, Profitability is on the way back, and that is a good sign for the business being able to pay down its debt. And what we are seeing as well is that the business is converting um ebit into free cash flow so to me i wouldn't be worried about zero's debt position um because they have a cash equivalent to their whole debt basically and it has a very strong quick ratio at 6.3 so again there is debt there but debt is often healthy and needed to to grow businesses uh, and again wouldn't be worried about uh, that sort of debt positioning at the moment especially with the profitability that we are seeing from zero continue to happen uh, then a quick look at a ratio and one of the ratios i'm going to look at today is price to sales uh, and a price to sales ratio here is is fairly high we're looking at about 10 times for zero at the moment This has come down significantly from previous highs of around about 20 times price to sales, Um, but it is higher than competitors uh, of the likes of Oracle and Sage, which trade at six and five times price to sales, respectively. So again, pretty high here. But often we're going to see that from businesses in sort of in their growth phase. But again, definitely a ratio to keep an eye on because it could tell us uh, that the business is slightly overvalued in terms of where we currently are. So now I want to give you a bit of a simple SWOT analysis of the businesses. And what this covers is the business's strengths, its weaknesses, opportunities, and of course, those threats. So firstly, we'll start with the strengths. Uh, it's a market leader in Australia and New Zealand. Nothing really coming close to it here in Australia. We've mentioned subscriber growth; that is really, really strong and continues to be key to growth. Uh, it's got a user-friendly interface. Um, I've done some, you know, really good research into this company, and from what I can see online, people really like it, and that is going to be really key to, you know, keeping that lifetime value of those subscribers. And revenue growth has been solid. Um, Again, that comes from that subscriber growth, but we're continuing to see sales move in the right direction. Weaknesses. Competition. Uh, Again, it is a competitive landscape and to sort of move in to that market in the US and in the UK isn't going to be easy to try and gain market share. There is going to be challenges Uh, that then comes back to the next point. Global penetration. Again, moving into those markets won't be easy and sort of getting into other regions as well, not just the UK and North America, but into Europe and other countries as well. Uh, but also keeping that market share here in Australia and New Zealand. If you're too focused on global penetration, you don't want to lose sort of sight of what's happening in your sort of dominant market and high operating expenses is another weakness. We're going to see that uh, as this business continues to grow, but it does have an impact on profitability. And at the end of the day, investors want to see profitable companies at some point. And now that we've had a taste of profitability, investors won't want to see that change. Opportunities, again, it's that global growth into Europe and America. Um, product innovation, I think product innovation is going to be really key. We obviously have AI now, we have cloud. You know, AI, I think is gonna play a really important part into maybe making those tedious tasks a little bit simpler. If zero can really be at the forefront of that, it could uh, sort of really put them front and center for cloud and AI um, technology. Uh, and again, the opportunities I think comes from businesses transitioning to cloud-based software. We probably have many, many small businesses that are mer- maybe very traditional um, maybe still working off of books, uh, you know, and sort of physical, um, accounting softwares, but that sort of transition to the cloud over the next sort of 10 years is going to be a huge opportunity. Uh, so threats, we're going to have regulatory changes, obviously anything to do with finance, you know, and accounting, there is always the ability to see regulatory changes at play. Cyber security risks, of course, being in the cloud AI technology, anything internet based does have the threat of cybersecurity and when we're talking about business data that is really key data so zero is going to be at risk there of you know potential cybersecurity attacks and of course economic slowdowns um that is really important to mention and i think is going to be a key uh, sort of threat to zero over the next potentially year or two because we are likely to see growth slow down particularly in the US and other major economies and that can have an effect on small businesses, especially if consumers begin to tighten their belts. So that was the SWOT analysis. Now I want to sort of take you over a look at the potential valuation. So we've mentioned a few times that the business is still in its growth phase. And we're gonna have a quick look here at the Guru Focus Valuation Tracker. And it says that it may be a slight value trap. And what that means is that, you know, looking at the business in terms of growth and and where it sort of currently could be, there. You know, it looks like there may be potential, but at the same time, there could be a slight trap there. And I think that comes down to the high price-to-sales uh, valuation. However, as I've mentioned a few times, it's important to remember that companies in their growth phase, their valuation may be slightly misleading, since you know they're spending all their money on growth, which often will mask that profitability. From an analyst side, though, they like the company. Analysts are very positive on zero. From current levels, analysts see 30% upside with an average price target of about $130 um, with a buy consensus. So again, uh, a business that is liked by analysts and something that they are really keeping their eye on. Uh, Now, uh, a few key points to watch for the business moving forward into 2024. So we've broken down what we've seen, now what to keep an eye on. Firstly, global growth, of course, expansion outside of ANZ uh, is going to be critical for growth. uh, And I think that that is going to be key to making sure we hit that 20% annual growth target. Subscriber numbers, if we don't see continued growth in subscriber numbers, that's going to show that growth is stalling. Subscribers equal recurring revenue, and that is really important for the business. Profitability, again, really, really important because um, Sukinda Singh Cassidy, CEO, she's promised a year of efficiency. We want to see sustained profitability. We've seen that workforce being cut. We've seen a number of other measures in place. uh, And I think that is going to be a real key catalyst for shares to move higher from here if profitability continues to rise. The risks the price of sales valuation 10 times is is pretty high. And it means the market is betting big on fast growth for the next few years. Uh, That is going to be sort of really important to watch, because if we don't get that growth that the market is expecting, then ultimately the share price may come under a little bit of pressure, but very high margins in this business. So that is why the market likes it. So to cap us off, a little summary of everything that we have been through. Shares have been on a tear in 2023, up 44%, but we're still some way from record high. So there is still room to the upside for zero. Competition in the space does remain high and will be a challenge moving forward. Risk remain Economies are slowing and small businesses may see pressure. And that is, of course, the key area for zero. But opportunities are there. Uh, If profits can be sustained for a long period and can beat expectations of analysts, then I think that means good news for the business moving forward. And finally, Analysts like the company. There is a buy consensus on this stock with upside on current price targets. Uh, So again, if it's on your watch list for 2024, then ultimately you are agreeing with analysts. But again, risks are there. But I think for me, the opportunities right now do outweigh the risks for zero heading into next year. So that's it for Zero. Um, I think we've covered off pretty much everything there today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you found this episode useful, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe. And of course, maybe send it to a friend who is investing into Zero as well. Uh, let me know in the comments if Zero is a company that you own or you have on your watch list. And a quick reminder to let us know if there is a stock that you are interested in, please let us know because we will break it down you. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time.